0: Hello, everyone. First of all, I'd love to thank you for tuning in to the Integrative Thoughts Podcast. I am your host, Matt Kaufman, and through this platform, I plan on seeking out guests that interest me, that I am curious about, and overall just living a more meaningful, purposeful life in hopes that you as listeners and I myself can grasp onto a little bit of their knowledge and integrate that into our daily lives. Are you having trouble losing weight? Do you get extreme food cravings, especially at night? What about the inability to lose weight even when you cut calories and do a lot of exercise? I know I fell into this category for pretty much most of my life. It's actually probably not even your fault. You most likely have what's called leptin resistance. Leptin is actually a hormone made by the fat cells that regulates food intake and energy expenditure by communicating with the brain. The more fat you have, the more negative leptin messages are actually being sent to your brain. This creates what's called leptin resistance and is going to sabotage all dieting efforts and causes food cravings even when you have enough fat stored. Introducing Zenith. This is an all-new, completely natural formula that gently decreases leptin levels to restore accurate communication between fat cells in the brain. Zenith contains zero harmful stimulants. It's made of all-natural polysaccharides and acetylated fatty acids, very safe for long-term weight loss plans, and it is made in the USA. In an eight-week University conducted double blind placebo controlled study. Participants lost 21.3 pounds of fat, lost almost four inches off their waistline, and reduced serum leptin levels by 43%. So if you or someone you know, someone you really love is struggling with weight loss, head down to the show notes. I'll have a link there and a few videos where you can learn more information about zenith. So listen, I've been experimenting with different types of minerals, especially magnesium, for the past five to six years. But I could never really find a product that I could feel the benefits that magnesium claimed to give. Magnesium is one of the most important minerals for all of human health. It participates in over 600 different biochemical reactions in the body, yet over 80% of the population is deficient. Magnesium deficiency can increase risk for all disease and greatly decrease optimal performance. That's why I like optimizers. They use all seven forms of magnesium in a highly bioavailable form in their product, Magnesium Breakthrough. Magnesium helps with stress, anxiety, sleep, immune function, detoxification, and so much more. If you want to try out this product, head over to Buy Optimizers and use code IntegrativeThoughts10 to receive a 10% discount on their amazing product, Mag Breakthrough. Today's guest is Kyle Jones. He is the founder of a company that I've fallen in love with, Future Compounds. And this is a very ultra-purified, potent CBD company. And what they've been preaching online and on Instagram is a lot of the things that I've been talking about with CBD within my community for quite some time is that the dosing is incorrect. A lot of people try 10, 20 milligrams, and they say, "Ah, well, this didn't really work for me. And the problem is, in the research, if you look at it, a daily dose is usually around two to 300 milligrams. It depends on your body weight, but somewhere within that range. And that is 10 times the amount of what most people are trying on a daily basis, trying to get the benefits. So they've come out with a bunch of ultra-purified products that are really, really high dose. Like you can get a coconut oil with just CBD isolate in there with a 100,000 milligrams. So that easily allows you to dose effectively depending on your body weight. What I really love by them is the three-comp tincture. What this does is it mimics a broad spectrum. So it has CBD, CBG, and CBN. So we get into the different isolates and the benefits of those there. And then they also have a way where you can order the products specifically and make your own blends. So if you want a higher CBG or a higher CBN based off the research and the different modalities and healing properties that each one of these uh, isolates have, you can do that and you can make your own. I just go with the 3 comp tincture. Um, I do that before bed every night. I do around 300 milligrams. Absolutely fantastic. Very, very pure product as well. They always have a certificate of analysis to make sure there's no contaminants, heavy metals, mold, mycotoxins, anything like that within any of their products. So if you want a super clean, ultra-purified product... Click the link in the show notes. We'll have a discount code for you there over at Future Compounds, and enjoy this show all about one of my favorite products, CBD. Kyle, welcome to the show, brother. How's it going?
1: Good. How you doing, brother?
0: Good, man. You, you're. Uh, we're going to talk about a topic that I really, really enjoy, and I actually have never done a podcast about it, uh, about CBD, man, and especially with dosing and everyone's... I think most anyone who tries CBD is underdosing it, but before we get into the the logistics of CBDs and your products, why don't you tell us kind of how you got started? I think you kind of started out in like the cannabis space, right?
1: Yeah, man. And and, uh, thanks for having me on. I I appreciate you, man. Um, Yeah. So uh, yeah, I've been in the cannabis industry for a little over a decade now. Um, It originally just kind of started as like, you know, a passion for cannabis, right? Growing, cultivation, really getting in there, getting your hands dirty. Um so I'd say about the first half of my career um was old school sun-grown cannabis man like out there in the farm um you know and back then there wasn't stuff online so it was like you had to be like have someone take you under your wing so um I was blessed enough to find a family in Oregon that kind of took me under their wing and taught me how to grow outdoors and you know just kind of progressed through that and as much as I love cannabis it is a very labor intensive role, Right. If you want to grow cannabis outdoors, it's very labor-intensive, um, and you're always battling the environment. So I'm like, gosh, there's got to be a, a just a another process here, and, and that's kind of when I fell in love with extraction. Um, so yeah, from then on, just really got into extraction. Um, and again, at that time, there weren't really you know hydrocarbon machines that were manufactured, so it was all risky, it was all crazy, um, and that was most of the excitement of it. So um, <clears throat> at that point, we just started posting on social media which you know five six seven years ago people just weren't doing um so we started kind of really popping off on social um and then my business partner dustin created what is now the largest cannabis extraction forum in the world which is a uh, future4200.com then um, it's just a completely open source free uh forum for all cannabis extraction and then, yeah, just kind of led into other businesses. And, and now this, this business, Future Compounds.
0: Hell yeah, man. Were you out there like me with the uh, the butane and the glass tubes? And <laughs> I think that's probably half the reason I got Lyme disease. I smoke so much damn butane.
1: <laughs> yeah, man. It's, uh, there just wasn't machines, man. No one, there was no one to really show us. And, you know, just, yeah, same thing, right? Glass tubes. Um, mm. It's funny. I remember we had, uh, we took wooden pommel for uh, pommel horses, cut holes in the top and just like put a bunch of tubes, me and a bunch of buddies, and we're just, you know, kind of jumping from, from pommel horse to pommel horse. And uh, like you said, but just seeing all the butane in the air, quickly realizing how how dangerous that was, um, then that kind of incited my, uh, my love for standard operating procedures um, and safety and compliance, things like that. And then really got heavily into consulting on employee training standard operating procedures safety training things like that
0: yep. yeah for sure i knew a couple people who like caught their place on fire so then we was like oh shit so then we started doing it out in the garage and then then i had a really good buddy um who who bought of like the first like closed loop system this was so i started growing in 2011. Mm-hmm. And so like, you know, this was like a couple of years after that, like first we were making like the water, like the brown hash, like the old school right. bubble, the bubble hash. And then it went into the wax and then he got that closed loop system. And I smoked like the wax out of that. And I goes, oh, man, I probably was smoking a lot of butane because this is like a night and day difference. Like mm-hmm. once it was like really a good extraction. And so I was like, who knows how many brain cells I lost from that. But. What, um, so the, the forum is kind of a space where you guys really learned how to take off with the extraction process, right? You had everyone on there kind of sharing their knowledge. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, think about the most simple analogy is think about Reddit, but of cannabis extraction, where you have a topic, there's threads, anyone can sign up, it's free. Um, and you can dive into any thread that you want to or talk about it or just read through it. Um, you can upload, like I said, standard operating procedures, videos, images, flow charts. Um, and it was just something that was truly needed because, you know, as you know, 2011, 10 years ago, man, no one was teaching anybody anything. There wasn't public info of this stuff. Um, it was all so hush hush and like completely black market. So I think that's why the forum did so well is just everyone was craving, um, open information and also just wanting a place to share all this information, you know? Um, so yeah, that's, it's just gone completely crazy. I think we have anywhere from two to 2.1 million, uh, users a month. So it's like, wow, it's, yeah, it's pretty massive now. Um, and we still haven't monetized it. We're going to, we're not going to, we're going to keep it kind of like a virgin state. Um, we want to keep that wholesome. Um, and that's kind of where, um, as, as you, we had kind of talked about before, that's where good life gang came into play. Um,
0: yeah, and the Good Life Gang just kind of like uh, you're the little like lifetime membership group. I know you guys have meetups and stuff. They look pretty cool. You guys are out there like cooking food. Everyone's like doing dabs and shit. I'm like, oh, it looks like a cool little little get together.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean it's uh it's good food, good hash, good people, and that's yeah. you know, and and really what it is is it's just a place where all of the equipment manufacturers, all of the technicians, all of the lab owners. It's a place where everyone who has extraction as an actual career or a business, that's where they go rather mm-hmm. than just like being on an open source forum where everyone can talk to everyone. Good Life Gang is just more like a professional monetized uh, network of that. So say you're uh, you're getting into extraction and you're a technician and you want to take your career to the next level. Good Life Gang is where you would possibly meet your next employer, business partner, or see unique ideas that you know can get you into that next level. So. Um that that's really what it is is a way to kind of elevate what could be a passion into a career and then have the network to do so,
0: yeah, that's amazing and I like how um you know I've followed Dustin for years future yep. forty two hundred on on Instagram uh, my buddy Kurt we were talking about put me up on that, and I like how you guys like think like in my opinion more abundantly when there's like a lot of like people within like the cannabis space that would like like to keep that information to themselves if they figure out how to make like the, the best next extraction right or they make something you know some new technology comes out but you guys are more like hey everybody should have pure extraction should have good extractions quality extractions know what they're getting into and so that their community can have that it's like you're still going to have the same community that you're already distributing products to so what why shouldn't everybody just like have Access to better clean products. So I like the kind of abundant mindset of the forum and and the non uh, how you guys didn't monetize it's it pretty cool.
1: Thank you. I mean, you know, it's I, I, we equate we've always it's so weird because we've just always thought that way where it's like, man, just share right, share and and spread the information and that's how things like you know again our motto for for most of the those businesses is level up together and uh, it's like we've all experienced this where. You try and progress and then you'll hit a roadblock, and it's normally like greed based or there's a money problem or someone who wants like more credibility for themselves and it's like it just goes against everything that like feels natural, which is just grow and learn um, and it's the same philosophy I take into all my businesses where it's like you just do something good and you do it with good intentions. well, money is just a byproduct of that, you know so money is always yeah, you have to think about it, but money is made when things are natural and on point and people are there to share an experience. It's like, it's, I don't know, for me, it just seems like the easier way to go through your day and life and find like peace and happiness while being successful. So it just seemed like the way to do all of this. So
0: yeah. I mean, it's simple entrepreneur etiquette, right? You just provide value to the market. Now people are more drawn into what you provide from someone else, even though you are open sourcing all the information. People are bought into you. They put trust in you. They like your values and your ethics. So they go to you over someone else or someone that you trust. So it's like, yeah, you could keep the information to yourself or you could build trust within the community and that'll go further in the long run anyways.
1: A hundred percent. And you nailed it. it. It's so interesting because when you put something out there with a good intention, like for example, if we put SOPs out there, like you said, everyone initially said that's stupid. Don't do that. Don't share that information. And, you know, those were the greedy people. We did it anyways. And like you said, without being surprised, we became an authority in the space. And like you said, people respected the ethics. And then, hey, if there is intellectual property that someone needs to keep, they respect that there's a value to it and there's a reason because we share everything else. So if there is something that's truly intellectual property, they'll respect that, just like I would respect that with you, right? I know you come from good intent. I know you're here to help educate. So if you tell me you have something that's intellectual property, well, then I know that that's a true purpose, right? And then now I hope that you do well in that, right? Mm -hmm. So it it just kind of helps bring all that to more of a We'll just truly call it transparency, right?
0: Yeah, then that's the goal—like be mostly transparent, but every once in like, you know, even these formulators of supplements and stuff, if they have some new groundbreaking something, they go for a patent first, and then they go promote it, right? So there's going to be certain times where something's got to stay under the wraps for a minute or something, but for the most part, if something can be open source, that's the best way to go about it, I think, at least.
1: Well, and we're talking about extraction. You know, we've been extracting oils like for centuries, right? They've been <laughs> even <laughs> making you know beer and alcohols and extracting essential oils it's like it's not anything new um just in the general sense right we're talking about extraction and refinement how do we get our water every day it's through refining it's like they're all very simple chemistry processes uh very simple industrial processes so to like act like it, it's so funny to hear people talk about intellectual property in the cannabis space because it's like very rarely is it truly intellectual property. It's like most of this stuff's already been done just in another section of business. Let's say alcohol, right? So. Mm.
0: Yeah. I mean, I extract my coffee beans every single morning. So.
1: Pacing <laughs> <laughs> point. Yep. Exactly. So
0: I mean pretty much 90% of the population does some form of extraction with coffee and tea a couple times a day. So I think everyone's like, you know, we're all in, all in the business of extraction somehow, some way for our benefit. Uh cool. So I know you kind of said you I don't know if you want to talk about it, but you kind of got to the point where you kind of switched over to CBD mostly. You kind of talked about THC wasn't agreeing with you and after a long like decade or so little under of smoking pretty heavily, I felt the same way. What was your experience with THC kind of not resonating with you anymore?
1: Yeah, it's you know, it's super unique. I've always heard that, you know, your if you do have allergies genetically, you'll really start to experience those allergies super heavily as you get later into your 20s and earlier into your 30s, at least from a male perspective, that's what I've heard. Um, And my father has super bad allergies. And um when I was growing, I'd say maybe five, six years ago, my skin, it just started to hate being touched with resin. I would rock, walk through our fields and like, dude, not even realize it and just be broken out in hives. I mean, like, my body's having a full allergic reaction. And then I remember um, our whole team, We had I had a team of eight guys on that one property. We were all like dying on the floor, can't breathe, we're wheezing um, and just realizing it was all allergies to a specific pollen or terpene that was in that cannabis. Um, so that was my first interaction with realizing uh, maybe my body doesn't like an abundance of something in cannabis. Um, and then the psychoactive side of it. So, you know, when you smoke cannabis, the number one ingredient is THC, tetrahydrocannabinol. Um, that's the one that's psychoactive. So that mental, you know, right. I'm speaking from a general sense for any of Hmm. the listeners that aren't, you know, kind of experiencing these things. So like, you know, when you smoke and you kind of get into your thoughts and you're like questioning yourself or have paranoia or over anxious about general things. I hate that feeling. I absolutely hate that feeling with the passion. Um, And it just seemed to get worse and worse as I maybe just got more adult in my understanding and realizing like, hey, this isn't I shouldn't feel like this. And I don't like second guessing myself. So I just decided to say, hey, I don't really like this, but I enjoy cannabis. And hence moving more into like looking into the CBD research and trying to get benefits from cannabis without the psychoactive effects, you know.
0: Yeah. It's funny you mentioned that. I actually, um, I haven't heard anyone speak about that, but I started to break out quite a bit too after years of growing. And I I would have really, really trouble like breathing. One time I was with my partner and we were doing some watering and just trimming and everything. I was like, dude, I have to go outside. I can't breathe. I'm like, I literally, I started taking like antihistamine. There was one point (laughs) towards the end, I was on an inhaler. Mm -hmm. I was like doing an inhaler to just go like Do my daily task. I was like, dude, I can't do this forever. Like, I don't, my body's not like accepting. It didn't seem so bad when I just smoked, but when I was in the room with the plants, I literally felt like I was going to, and it wasn't like every single time, but there were some days where, especially when they really started to bud and the trichomes were there towards the end, I'd get, I would just break the hell out or I was trimming and breathing that in. So I started trying to wear like gloves a lot and mask. And it was like, now this is like a whole damn process when it used to just be, I could just do whatever. But after a while, it did start to really get to me. And then that that same thing kind of made me think like, well, what about when I'm smoking? Is there something like I'm, oh, I might be overlooking some form of like allergen there because I'm just so used to smoking all the time that I'm not, I'm not trying to admit that smoking also, <laughs> I don't want to admit that the growing and the smoking both could potentially be an allergen here. So it was funny that you had the same exact uh, story because I've never heard anyone else say that actually.
1: Yeah, no, it, it's exactly as you said, my whole team, we, we all went to doctors like eight eight dudes you know i'm talking big buff you know mountain guys that could lift (laughs) a a tree um walking into the doctors defeated like hives can't breathe and yeah we ended up going on like you said antihistamines and inhalers we stayed off the property for about two weeks it took that long and then finally was like we're okay we went back to work and it happened right again and we're like all right it's the plants um And yeah, and like you said, certain times, whether it's budding, whether it's like the trichomes and the resin or the terpenes, I still don't know exactly. But if I right now went to like say I went into the trim department of a licensed facility and started to actually work there in a matter of a few days, I would need to quit. My body just is not okay with it.
0: That's so interesting because I felt that same way. And I was like, dude, I just cannot keep up doing this forever. But it's crazy because that's like that was the life that I had built for years and and it slowly got worse and worse and I'm like but I can't keep taking all these antihistamines and inhalers and everything too and then the market kind of got flooded and I shut my dispensary, <laughs> sp- dispensary down and I was like I don't know like I felt like if you weren't like some millionaire you weren't going to make it at least in Michigan I know it's different regionally but that's kind of how I and then when I quit I kind of fell in love with CBD as well I wish I would have switched instantly I kind of just cold turkey the THC and then later got into CBD and I was like, oh man, I wish I would have just literally jumped from one to the other. Probably would have been a lot easier. Um, so did you just kind of wean yourself off a THC with CBD?
1: No, I um, I started to have those similar allergic reactions, um, went to extraction. Um, that made things easier because we are in full lab gear. Um, you know, we are in lab coats, gloves, masks, um, and very rarely actually touch the resin. So, um, and then I had my two children, so that was five years ago. Um, and then, so I quit just, I just quit for a while at that point. Um, and then every time I smoked again, just anxious, you know, again, not like a full blown allergic reaction when I smoked, but it did feel like, um, agitation, right? Like my lungs were agitated, you know, I'm, I'm stuffy, things like that. So, uh, no, I, I just went kind of cold Turkey on THC um and then but I was still in the industry right i'm still it's still my career like you said still my career um and i, I almost felt like a poser right like being in the <laughs> THC space as a high level consultant and not consuming cannabis at all i'm like shit i love the cannabis plant like but i don't like THC okay what are my other options um we ended up kind of gravitating towards the nerdy side of it and went into the chemistry side of it and that opened the door as to researching what does each of these compounds actually do, that's when I kind of had a personal aha moment of like, okay, CBD can be good. Let's try these doses that the literature is stating will work, right? So that's kind of the transition there.
0: Yeah, let's kind of get into dosing before we even talk about the benefits of C B D because I you know, I think so many people say, Hey, I tried C B D for my anxiety or sleep and then they took like a 10 milligram gummy. What does the research actually say about dosing?
1: Yeah, so there's a lot of different research papers and it really depends on kind of what each research paper is going after. So we'll wait on the benefit side of the research, and those are around anxiety and stress. We'll talk about those in a second. Um But the majority of the research either does a simple statement where it's you're looking at anywhere from a 300 to a 600 milligram of CBD per dose, or you get into something that's more specified like Epidiolex, which is the only FDA approved CBD product in the United States. Um, They do it just like most other medications, which is a, a milligram amount per kilogram of body weight. And that dose ranges from 2.5 milligrams of CBD per single kilogram of body weight all the way up to 20 or 50 milligrams of CBD per single kilogram of body weight. So, for example, if you're a 150 pound individual, um, gosh, two and a half, so three, let's call it, you know, 170 milligrams all the way up to like 1300 milligrams would be your range. So, two and a half milligrams. All the way up to, I'd say, safely 10 milligrams of CBD per kilogram of body weight is how uh, kind of we start to dose people now.
0: Yeah. And I've taken some pretty hefty doses and I don't really seem to get any kind of negative side effect or anything. Have you noticed anything by going up? Like, I've done as high as like 500, 600 milligrams before and I don't notice any, any like negative side effects.
1: Nothing negative, just like drowsiness and sleep. And it's like the majority of the time when I'm taking those high doses, that's what I'm trying to achieve anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, the, so Epidiolex, they have extensive research. It's a medication that's used to mitigate or completely treat seizures with uh, within epileptic patients. So there is actually a lot of research there. And they noticed uh, increased liver enzyme counts at 20 milligrams per kilogram of body weight and above, they saw an increase of 30% liver enzymes. But you also have to remember these are people who are epileptic, so they already have a severe condition. Um, and a 30% increase in liver enzymes that is that is sketchy. You don't want to do that. Um, but that means thousands of milligrams per day. The average person doesn't need to take thousands of milligrams of CBD. So side effects, I'd say. I can't claim it, but I would say for myself, none other than I just get sleepy and drowsy, which is normally my goal, right?
0: Yeah, 100%. Like I take a small amount in the day with like my coffee, kind of help the jitteriness or anything from any caffeine, blend it with a little fat. But then I, I take the larger dose, usually like within a half hour, hour of bed. So I'm not even half the time, I don't even know if I'm awake for it to all the way kick in. I'm kind of just like hitting it and I'm going, I'm already about to go lay down usually because I know it's going to start making me drowsy at some point. So um, you kind of brought in uh, the extraction knowledge that you had from THC into the CBD space. Do you believe um, that was probably kind of beneficial and helps you have really pure extractions?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. So Um, originally we started out as a like bulk minor cannabinoid manufacturing business. That's again, we, you know, we were extractors, consultants on extraction. We built labs for companies, trained staff on lab stuff, safety, all that. Um, so originally Future Compounds was, uh, really rare minor cannabinoids that were like chemical synthesis, really, you know, nerdy stuff. Um, that industry is very, uh, interesting because you have a lot of brokers that don't necessarily care about the purity. They just want a cheaper price. So then when that product, that bulk ingredient goes into a finished good, that consumer doesn't know that they're getting a, a product that's really impure, has a lot of um, just kind of harmful stuff in it. So we quickly decided that we didn't want to play that game and we wouldn't bend our morals to, to be in that space. Um, and that's when We just really started to focus on ultra pure ingredients, like input ingredients into branded products. Um, It was actually Dustin's, so Future 4200, it was Dustin's uncle who has uh, Parkinson's, really severe Parkinson's. Dustin is actually the one that made the 100,000 milligram coconut oil that we still sell today for his uncle. And seeing how well that helped his Parkinson's and tremors and things like that, we said, hey, we have to give this to everybody, um, and we still do. That's, that was our first product, was, was Dustin's uh, inception trying to help his uncle with Parkinson's.
0: Oh that's amazing. So what are the like so the impurities that can be in certain CBD products is that from the extraction process itself or the I know the hemp plant can be very detoxifying of the environment right so I know it can be you can find cadmium and different things in these hemp hemp plants as well so is it kind of both the extraction process and where the plant was grown?
1: Totally great question. Um it depends what compound and what process it took to get to that compound. So, for example, when you look at things like CBD and CBG, those are mainly just extracted compounds. Those aren't, you know, synthetic, you know, chemicals or anything like that. Um, so, yes, in that sense, it is just impurities from the plant, right? The plant is taking in oxygen and all this stuff from around the environment, the soil. So, like you said, there's all kind of leads, mycotoxins, microbials. And it's a plant, right? It's like anything else. It's going to have... Uh, toxic things in it that you need to clean out so if it's the extractable compounds it's a lot of those things and it's like the heavy metals stuff like that Um, then if you're talking about compounds like the delta-8s or you know even the more rare ones like the THCVs THCOs those you're going to be dealing with chemical impurities meaning the actual reagent like sulfur or (laughs) sulfur dioxides iodines when you get into the chemical process of it it actually gets really scary. And that's where we were. We were doing very pure chemical conversions, but no one cared about the purity. It was just price. Um, So my honest opinion to to like you or any viewers out there, if you're trying to consume a very rare minor cannabinoid, you absolutely need to know where is the source of that bulk ingredient. Nine times out of 10, 9.9 times out of 10, As a friend, I would advise that it's probably not a safe compound at all, period. If it's an extractable compound like CBD, CBG, THC, things of that nature, you can get a relatively clean product with very general extraction and just make sure you have a full panel COA
0: yeah and so we w- what is the like gold standard or you looking for if i'm buying a cbd product even from yourself future compounds or wherever you're going to want like that third-party analysis right usually should be on the website or it should come with your box a lot of times too right
1: yeah so we do that we actually provide the coa or certificate of analysis um and we do what's called a full panel third-party test so um when you go to buy a lot of hemp products, they usually just do a potency test, which just tells you what uh, cannabinoids are in the product and at what potency or percentage ranges. Right? Um, that's not a full panel. That's just a potency analysis. So a full panel is going to be your uh, obviously your potency, then your microbials, mycotoxins, heavy metals, solvents, um, man, and there's the list goes on. You, you know, you can do a ton of different assays. Um, So, yeah, so we provide that in the actual box for that specific product, as well as a QR code on the product. That's a live QR code to the test result on the website. If a company will not provide you a COA for the product that you're buying, don't buy it. It's that simple.
0: Yeah, I, I agree because I um, I think I've even heard like they'll use hemp to kind of clean up hazardous waste sometimes. Right, yeah. if there's like yeah. nuclear spills and stuff like that, like hemp's that potent of a detoxifier. So you really, really have to know like where, or at least have that COA, so that you can have a little bit of you know safety within you. Like, okay, you, yeah, you might be sleeping better, but if you're toxifying yourself with cadmium and lead like in the long run you're gonna be fucked so really you want to figure that out and so when you are sourcing i thought i heard you in another podcast talking about you guys have specific farms that you know how they grow the plant right so you kind of know the environment of the sourcing
1: correct yep so we work with anywhere from 20 to 30 farmers unfortunately they come and go because it's such a difficult industry um it's like it's like Bitcoin, it's extremely volatile. Like you've you've been in the industry, the market goes up, the market goes down. Um, so we work with farmers and we just do like a general integrity test with those people. Like It's like if you and I are gonna do business, we're gonna sit down and have a conversation. I'm gonna understand if I respect your way of doing business um, or if I need to watch out for things and I, I need to ask you to follow X, Y, and Z to be part of our group kind of thing. So we work very closely with the farmers and then um, all of our extraction processes We go what we would like to call the extra mile of refinement. That's why when you go on to our website or hear us talk about our isolate, we call it ultra refined isolate. That's not just like a marketing term. We do extra two steps of refinement, which is chromatography. So chromatography is simply just a very precise way to strip, remove, and separate different compounds within a solution. So... For our products, most companies just do standard extraction, standard filtration, and that still produces a 99% potency or purity. But remember, when we're talking about a full panel, there's all those other things like you said, lead, cadmium, microbials, there's so many other things. That's where the chromatography allows us to truly pull all of those out, keep the clean product, and then provide a truly ultra refined product. Now that is more expensive for us to create, but in our, in our like perspective, it's not even a question. We want to make as close to a medicinal, uh, like use case product as we can. And that's why we do it.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. That's literally like the biggest deal, I think. Well, that people overlook it, they don't realize it. You know, that's why I wanted to bring that part up as far as the environmental factors and then also the different solvents or whatever you're using in extraction. But you guys even go the extra mile. So, how are you guys going the extra mile like that and then still keeping the doses so high with the prices low? Are you guys just taking a cut? Like, are you basically taking a loss that other entrepreneurs basically aren't willing to take? Because it's like, when you look at these other products, the dosing is so low and the price is so high. So it's like, are they just like gouging, making a lot more money than they really should? Or how how is that working?
1: It's actually a super interesting thought to look at why and how. And I've had to analyze this in detail as a business owner. And I think it's really two situations. Um, well, first, number one, CBD is really cheap. Like the biomass is cheap. The extraction equipment, we you know we have great resources for all that. Long story short, CBD is cheap, so you can provide a high dose of CBD for an absolute affordable price, 100%. So for a company to say that that's not possible, that's bullshit. Now, if you start to increase costs like we do, you have to be very cautious with things like manufacturing. So, like you said, my simple answers are: we have, we came into the game knowing and starting square 1 knowing we needed to provide high doses at higher purity and then craft our business around that so i have a small team our extractions are partnerships right i didn't go dump 5 million into a par- into an extraction facility those are partnerships um and we just built a business that could handle that smaller of a margin right where so many companies started five years ago in the cbd space they built a brand on 10 20 milligrams a dose then they went and got marketers then they went and paid money for ads then they hired more staff they built bigger businesses and now they built businesses based on a profit margin that is there but it's a low dose we built a smaller profit margin based on a high dose but we think we have room to keep growing right So it's really just comes down to that. We came in already with the understanding of how we needed to craft our business and kept crafting it that way, where I think most companies are kind of having an oh shit moment saying, damn, we didn't dose things properly, but we would have to fire half of our staff to bring the bottom line down to even try and sell products cheaper or put more in it. Right. So, yeah. And then again, a lot is just ignorance as well, where you have a lot of people who start CBD companies without doing the research. And that's harmful right now. They're spreading information um, that may not be accurate. And there's a lot of that, too. So it's it's a big circle of they don't know or they've already built a business around kind of a bad business model. Um, And yeah, just all that, man.
0: Yeah, I figured there was probably it was probably multifaceted. I figured there was a little bit of greed, a little bit of like, hey, I'm already stuck in this business model. Some people don't really know much about CBD. They're kind of just like taking advantage of the hype and the hypes for good reason. I love CBD. It's one of my favorite products that I keep at all times. And uh, when you sent me your guys' tincture, I thought it was amazing. So I wanted to dive into, uh, I guess you have a few different products. Let's talk about the tincture that you sent me first, because that's what I've been using mostly. Why did you land on the specific cannabinoids that you used in like the three comp tincture? Because that's been my favorite.
1: Yeah, great question. So um, we knew that we wanted to use isolated compounds. So isolate is just a pure powder. It's 99%. It's clean. Uh, We went that route for our bulk ingredients because as we've talked about already, we wanted it to be ultra pure and a safe ingredient. So we knew if we wanted consistency that we would have to have an isolated compound. Um, so with that being said, we know that there's a lot of value in full spectrum or utilizing multiple compounds from cannabis at once. So how can we do that and also protect the purity of the formulation? So that's where we started to use isolated compounds at different ratios to mimic like a broad spectrum ratio or, you know, a one-to-one CBD-CBG, which is specific for pain. So. Um, that's really where those those ratios and combinations come into is trying to mimic some some ratios of cannabis plants that we think do well, um, but with isolated compounds.
0: Interesting. So you did the ultrafine isolates, but then you still wanted to mimic like what a broad spectrum would be without having the THC. Is that kind of correct? Yeah, cool. Yeah. It. So what what is the benefits of like a CBG if someone's never heard of that?
1: Yeah. So CBG or cannabigerol is actually like the mother cannabinoid. If you look at like the chain of where these compounds are created within the cannabis production, or the uh, let's say the, the different metabolites of cannabis, how they are created, CBG is the first compound that starts in cannabis then that kind of spider webs into different compounds. They're created off that chain. So uh, CBG is touted as the mother cannabinoid, um, and as well as it is known for having the highest anti-inflammatory properties um, in cannabis. So uh, CBG, if you're talking about pain and inflammation, CBG is the compound you want to take.
0: Awesome. So what about um, CBN?
1: CBN is a very unique one. So. CBN remember we we're talking about that spider web of how compounds are created some point you hit THCA that degrades or decarboxylizes into Delta 9 THC that's the active ingredient that actually gets you high from there that Delta 9 degrades into CBN or cannabinol so you that can be through heat it can be through um, like agitation processes chemical synthesis whatever you want so Delta 9 turns into CBN. CBN has a lot of very unique properties. This is what a lot of companies won't tell you. So many companies will just say that CBN promotes sleep. And so CBN is a degraded form of Delta 9. Okay. So no research that proves it's absolutely uh, sedative for sleep. No proof there. But what has been proven. The Salk Institute, I think it was last year, the Salk Institute is a highly reputable research firm. Whew, just bring it back. Uh, mm-hmm. The Salk Institute proved that what CBN actually does is it strengthens the mitochondria within a cell. So if you look at something like Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, those are neurodegenerative disorders where the mitochondria within the cell is like starting to really squiggle and kind of curl up. And that's the degradation part of like a neurodegenerative disorder. So CBN actually strengthens, was proven to strengthen that mitochondria, which is huge. That says to me that in the future, CBN might be used as a medication for neurodegenerative disorders like Alzheimer's, Parkinson's. I mean, that's that's major screw sleep. Yes. Sleep's important. And it's a huge, it's a huge problem in the world in the United States major for health, but that if CBN can do that. That's a major, major uh, possible progress for the industry. One other thing that they also proved was that CBN being able to strengthen mitochondria, it also did the same within skin cells. So they created a topical, a topical formulation for children that have EB, epidermolysis bullosa sorry if i pronounced that wrong <laughs> um which is like a unique skin condition that really happens in like infants and children and it's really sad it's like you know really blistery it's it's a it's a really hard like it's just a really bad condition for infants um they used a cbn topical and it worked very well so that study proved that CBN can also be used to protect the mitochondria within the skin cell. So that's absolutely huge. They had a ton of success with that topical, as well as they've created a product for that exact condition. So um, there's a lot of use that I see for CBN in the future for neurodegenerative disorders, really anything where the cell itself is degenerating.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. And uh, I've heard, I mean, even like a few years ago, I heard Ben Greenfield talking about all of these different um, CBG, CBNs, and there's probably so many more that we haven't even discovered or, or at least researched yet. And there, I mean, there's so many different compounds within like a hemp plant or a cannabis plant. And I do think that that's probably the future is where we isolate some of these and then figure out like, if specific doses work better or worse, whether it's higher or lower, and then figure that out or different blends, kind of how you guys are doing right now. So it's cool that you're playing around with it and allowing people to even kind of customize some of their own blends if they want to just order some of the bulk packages and stuff. Can't They can do that on your website, right?
1: Yeah. So we actually selling just like small amounts of isolate is, is a fairly decent uh, part of our business. And it's really cool because like you said, it allows people to uh, kind of make their own personal formulations. All of these are oil soluble. All these, all these compounds are oil soluble. So they'll mix into any oil that you like, avocado oil, sesame seed oil, hemp oil, MCT. So, um, a lot of people do that. And it's actually really cool to hear back from people what they've made and how it's helped them. So, and that's super common. We get those DMs every day.
0: That's pretty cool. Maybe one day I'll have to order some custom blends and see if I like some higher doses of CBN or whatever. And I've never heard anyone talk about CBN in the mitochondria. That's actually very fascinating because I do believe that uh, like mitochondrial deficiency is kind of at the base of like all disease. And I'm not really into diagnosis. I've overcame Lyme disease. I'm almost pretty much like almost back to 100%, I feel like. And That took years and years of investigating. And then as I come around to it, I I believe it's mostly like heavy metal toxicity, hidden infections. And then um, what happens is that that stuff shuts down cellular function, mitochondria being a big part in the electron transport chain, all the complexes there. So I like different things like uh, methylene blue. I take some carbon 60, uh, different zeolites and detox supplements. I'm big into minerals and mineral balancing, but... What all that stuff does is it helps to, uh, you know, get get a lot of the toxins out because those are in the way. And then I do like PMF mat because that's like a workout for your cells and mitochondria. That's been a big help. And uh, ozone things. All these things are kind of based around uh, like, you know, boosting up energy because once you become so toxic is it's my opinion, at least that's where disease starts you start to get more and more toxic the toxicity the cells shut down and then from there you just build up even more toxins because you know the liver starts to be backed up the organs can't function as good as possible you might be eating like shit still you know if you haven't changed your diet up and so there's just so many toxins in the food system not just hemp products you know that we're just getting bombarded with you're spraying air freshener in your house or whatever mm-hmm. breathing chemicals in and people don't realize like how bad it is and Then these little micro toxins just build up over time. And then one day you wake up like me and you go, I can't even remember if I locked the door, like where my keys are. Like, you know, I just had such bad short term memory loss. It was like fucking insane. And I was like a person like all through school. I could just like sleep through class, still get an A type of like, you know, like, you know, memory kind of came easy to me. And then I I felt like a person, you know, once you have Lyme, that stuff can burrow into your brain. And you will feel kind of like, like you have all, it's like, I think some Alzheimer's or something could potentially be like Lyme bacteria and heavy metal toxins because that's what it was for me. And I just felt like I couldn't remember anything and I didn't have like energy to do anything. And it was weird. Like I used to be really social and I kind of just wanted to lay around and be at the house and I would just keep listening to podcasts and trying different supplements and buying different biohacks and shit and so it's cool to know that maybe cbn in the future could be helpful and i think that uh just any of these cbd products in general for anyone who's got like autoimmune or something really help the body just calm down because i talk to people and they they, they're like oh well my life's really not that stressful but it's like if you have some of these like heavy metal toxins which most people have like you know, vitamins and mineral deficiencies and some some stealth infections. Well, the body's stressed. If you're just sitting there, you don't have to be doing anything. There's everything so built up. This viral infection, your immune system's not working. Like you can have, you can be a stay-at-home mom with one kid, kind of just chilling. If the body's stressed, it's stress. You don't have to be working eighty hours to be in like this stressed-out state. And I think CBD for me, like I tried to. Like I quit taking CBD for a while, for a couple months at one point, just to like see, and then I started taking it again. And I was like, man, fuck that. Like I feel way better. Like all of like this, the the neuroinflammation I had from the Lyme, even after I kind of eradicated the Lyme, I still had to do some detoxing and, you know, just because you get rid of the Lyme and the bacteria, if you're, if you're like nervous system has been in that type of state for years. It's not just going to bounce back in one day. There's just definitely some rebalancing to go on. And I think CBD and these kind of products have were probably some of the most critical to just help sleep. Like I was getting poor sleep, kind of tossing and turning. No matter I do all the sleep hacks in the world, like a million, you know, eye mask and blackout curtains and melatonin. I was just like trying everything just to get a good night's sleep. And I think CBD just at a higher dose was probably one of the most important things that I included in my, in my healing journey personally.
1: That's really cool, man. And it's it's like, you said, like health is such a multi-pronged approach. There's no it's it sucks that like in American society, we're so uh, used to this concept that we can go to the doctor and take one pill and our life's going to be fine. When it comes to health, there are there's just so much like you said, sleep. Okay, just being if even if CBD doesn't do anything magical, it doesn't heal you, but just helps you get to sleep, that is just one crucial step in the chain of health. Good sleep equals the possibility for having good energy to fix your diet or to go to the gym. It's there is just so that's how I look at it is CBD is not a a a one and done. It is part of your now health routine that you have implemented and you have identified what works for you. That's why we have like those three formulas. That's why we also have the isolate. So you can decide where do you want to put this into your routine? We kind of help guide what we think it could help with and where you could start. But like you said, with you with Lyme, it might've been better to go a CBN heavy formulation. Who knows, right? We don't know, Um, but it's like, again, back to the point is, is, There is absolutely a use case for CBD, CBG, all of these compounds in life when you're talking about health. One of the best examples I can give is almost every disease state, small or large, is always accompanied with inflammation. Even if it's just allergies in your lungs, things like that, everything is inflamed, your body is upset, and that comes down to every disease state is normally accompanied with inflammation. CBD, CBG, CBN, all of these compounds have been proven to be analgesic, which is a reduction in inflammation. It's like, you know, just to have it, for example, I take vitamin C every morning as a supplement. I I make sure I supplement vitamin C because I know I don't get enough from all the foods that I eat. CBD can be thought about the exact same. I know I'm working out. My body is sore. I'm, you know, running around, it's hot outside, so I know some days I might not get all the water I need. So just adding CBD, it's just an extra layer that helps me reduce my inflammation, reduce my stress, help me sleep at night. It is a piece of my health routine, right?
0: Yeah, I don't think anything's a cure-all, but it's definitely a big factor. And especially when you're in them chronic states, nervous system, like anything that calms the nervous system like that will help you to allow to like for your immune system to kind of rev up or for you to detox while you're sleeping a little bit better. Like you want your nervous system to be in that state. And I don't know if you take any CBD in the daytime, but um, do you do like bulletproof coffee at all or any like fatty coffees in, in the morning?
1: No, no, I don't, but I if you can, explain a little bit what's the what's the science behind the, the adding the the fatties to the to the coffee.
0: So you can use any fat, a lot of like the bulletproof people do the C A M C T or the um butter, which are they do both a lot of times, the bulletproof guys, but I like to just do a little bit of MCT. And then you blend that, you put it in a blender at high speed and it emulsifies the fat within the caffeine. So you get a slow release of the caffeine instead of like, if you just drink a black coffee, it just hits you. And then you kind of get the crash. It kind of like slows it down. So it goes wherever. Well, what the, uh, some of the research, this might be another angle for you to, um, kind of tell some of your users if they do do coffee and they like to do a fatty coffee, these bulletproof fatty coffees, if you take, fat-soluble kind of compounds, the absorption rate's insane. So like if you're doing like any of your fat-soluble vitamins, vitamin A, D, E, K, highly recommend taking that when you are doing a fatty coffee. And then CBD, if I'm not mistaken, don't quote me on the exact numbers, but I believe that the science said... 200% absorption rate, I believe. So like you can take the smallest, like I I put like a couple drops of your tincture in my proof coffee and you will get a dramatic, like you'll absorb that so rapidly compared to if you took it alone that you will like try it out, put some little MCT or you can, if you got butter laying around the house or heavy cream, but you got to put it in the blender. So you emulsify a couple drops in there. You'll, you'll feel completely different had you not put them a couple drops in there just because the absorption rate from that fatty coffee is so insane.
1: Yeah, no, they're, you know, the cannabinoids are lipophilic. They're, they're oil soluble. They want mm-hmm. with fat. That's what they want. So that totally makes sense from a sense of bioavailability. And then as you said, on that emulsification, I could see the body, like you said, utilizing that at a more effective rate rather than just a, a, a blast and out, right? I could see it having a longer half-life. That's really cool, man. I'm going to, I'm definitely going to try that. Dustin's super into that stuff too. He's really into it. So with Brandon, you know, Brandon and Dustin, luckily I, uh, I have two really good people that I get to talk to (laughs) every day, um, uh, while I'm starting this health journey. So um, yeah, no. You're definitely going to do that
0: 100%. You'll feel like you do like um, the fatty coffee with the way it slows down that caffeine. And then you put that CBD in there. Like you just get this like lifted but calm effect at the same time. It's like the by far the optimal way to drink a cup of coffee because what you really no one really likes that like anxiousness and jitteriness from coffee you can get some shit done for a couple hours like it'll do the job like it'll do what it's supposed to do but why not just like i mean mct oil uh the c8 can be a little expensive but you know most people have butter around the house put a little butter in there um a few drops of that cbd and then even L-theanine is a really good one if you want to add that with your coffee. That'll kind of smooth everything out as well, put you in like an alpha brainwave state. But the even I I don't always have L-theanine. I do the CBD and the fat in there, and it's like boom. Like if you do those, you you can really really uh, handle a little bit more caffeine than you normally could, and it's just like smooth.
1: and that's interesting. You know, my I am like very similar to you where. My goal is to try and maintain a, a stable amount of energy throughout the day. That's, I, I, that's like what I'm striving for right now. Um, and I'm definitely going to try that. Uh, one thing I really realized that was really slugging me down was just not having enough water in a day. Um, yeah. You know, so I, I drink nearly a gallon a day, which is like not that much. Um, but that alone has really increased my energy. And it's like, again, back to the thought of, there are so many pieces within your journey of health and throughout the day that play an extremely important role. And when you deprive yourself of something, that's when you notice it. So like you said, when you stopped taking CBD and then started taking again, you realized how beneficial it was for you. So that's where the problem really lies is so many people who have tried CBD before haven't tried either the right dose or the right approach on bioavailability, like with, you know, having the, the, you know, the fatty coffee and doing that. So, um, that's the problem. And it's it takes a lot of actual good intention, passionate educational marketing for us to truly put out content that educates people. 90, I'd say like 80% of what we put out on social media and, you know, all our other platforms, it's education based forward. Um, we rarely like are putting out like a sales post or anything like that. Um, maybe one out of a hundred. Um, so it's just, it sucks that so much of the industry has been like bastardized into like this snake oil. A lot of the OG THC people, you know, just kind of hate on CBD um, as well as a lot of the people who have tried CBD are in two places, they either hate it, say it's snake oil it never worked. Or they love it, but they're kind of in a placebo state with the brand that they're buying from that gave them 10 milligrams, 20 milligrams, but sold them the pipe dream of, you know, this is going to save your life. And it's like, yeah, so it's put us in like a not a hard position, but an exciting position, right? We have to really try and share information and make sure that people are starting to understand what it takes to feel better. And here's a piece of here's a nugget that you might be able to utilize to try and do that. Um, And it's been a lot of fun. We're ready for the challenge. And, you know, as you if you see our social, you know, we're going hard, we're not going to stop. And we're going to make sure that at least we're doing our best to try and get good information out there for people, because it's changed my life, like it sounds like it's changed your life. Um, I've talked to so many people on a daily, weekly, monthly basis that have told me their deep, intimate stories about how it's changed their life or helped a family member that I know for sure within my heart that CBD, all these compounds have a place in society. Um, so to, to see this and talk to these people and be part of that journey and then not do my absolute best to get this out to everyone in my mind would be like a crime, man. It's, it's, uh, it needs to be out there and, and people need to be experiencing this.
0: Yeah. I think you guys are going about it the right way. I think if it, once it gains traction, you keep jumping on podcasts and just promoting on social, whatever, you guys already have kind of a community through the cannabis space that, you know, you guys will be able you'll be just fine with that smaller profit margin. Cause you'll just sell yeah. volume. You know what I mean? Like you'll just sell more of it and that'll be good. Cause then all the farmers will be happy who you guys are working with and everybody will just be profiting off of a, a good product. That's actually helping people.
1: And, you know, it's really cool. Back back to the the mindset of, you know, I I truly believe money just comes as a byproduct of doing something good, even if like this company alone, like uh, the truth is, is like this company alone probably won't provide what I like truly want in life, like my highest aspirations of, you know, being able to travel with my children, all that stuff. But it's like, that's not the intent with this. It's like build one thing, build another. And just as long as you move through with good intentions people vibe with that. So then the next thing you do, they vibe with that too. And that's what we've done. I mean, we've transitioned from complete THC cultivation into extraction, chemical synthesis, into CBD, and continue to build network of people that like and trust our ethics. They wanna be with us, they wanna be part of it as we do with them. And it's again, back to the concept of just doing something ethically And, you know, kind of back to like stoicism, which is like living with the nature, man, it's like, just do something good, and people will be attracted to it. Um, And that's like, that's the motto, that's the motto, man, just, (laughs) just do good shit. And it should pan out, right? (laughs) So.
0: Hello, everyone. First of all, I'd love to thank you for tuning in to the integrative thoughts podcast. I'm your host, Matt Kaufman. And through this platform, I plan on seeking out guests that interest me, that I am curious about, and overall just living a more meaningful, purposeful life in hopes that you as listeners and I myself can grasp onto a little bit of their knowledge and integrate that into our daily lives. It will. It definitely will. I think it always does. Sometimes it's the harder, it's the, you know, the road less traveled. So sometimes it's a little bit more of a grind, but I think once it gains traction and people really vibe with it, which shouldn't be too hard for you guys, like I said, with the community you've already built, but I think you'll just end up selling like more volume and you'll make less, but it'll be, it'll be great. And it'll be actually be a clean product. People can enjoy hundred percent.
1: It's been, it's, it's funny that actually, it reminds me of like, so, you know, we've, we've, gone into some retail locations, the majority of our business is direct to consumer. So, you know, people just ordering from our website um, or people that we know directly or word of mouth. Um, So I remember when, uh, I don't know, maybe like mid last year, um, we worked with Texas A&M University, like really closely. um, And we were like, okay, let's go to retail locations in Texas, like CBD stores in Texas. And let's try and put our products out there and see if they'll be you know receptive to it um texas thank god everyone was kind of really honest with us and they said hey kyle your product is great it's effective it's affordable and i said but that's the problem i can't put your twenty-five thousand milligram tincture for 120 bucks next to my 1500 milligram tincture that's 120 bucks you're going to eat my entire sales here so um that's when we kind of realized like we're it's, we're in a unique position where we know we have something extremely valuable that works in the traditional style of selling a CBD product, which is like a smoke shop, a CBD store, a gas station. That's not going to work for us. Um, mm. It's not necessarily where we want our products placed either. So um, we have to get really creative and do cool stuff. And that's where you see us on social um, collaborating with you know really cool influencers that we actually respect and trust. It's not just a uh, money marketing thing, so um, that's why when you brought up before the podcast the uh, the personalized uh, like routine that you could purchase, what was it? Um,
0: the nootropics.
1: The nootropics, right? So like so we we have to get creative like that. But again, that's like what I love about the challenge. That's why we liked the THC industry in the beginning, right? It was it's risky. It's the it's the road less traveled. And in this day and age, CBD is legal and it's accepted but we can't do paid ads on social media. I can't, you know, go put this in Walmart. You know, I mean, I can, but it's all very hard, right? So um, I like the challenge of saying, it's not going to be easy. And it also puts us in a really unique place where all of the big dogs, like let's say companies with billions of dollars that could just build a brand and copy us tomorrow, right? They could, someone could copy us tomorrow, no problem. But they can't do paid ads. They can't do all this stuff. So it puts us in a unique place where it's really of like a battle of the fittest, um, and that's where we think just genuine educational content is is what's going to win. Is truly sharing and helping people get to that next state. Um, and that's where you know we're we're already succeeding, and I'm I'm really proud of the team and and proud of the community that that's been built around it.
0: Yeah, as you bring that up, I didn't really think about how it actually it sounds like yeah, maybe it's harder on one end, but it also levels the playing field, right? Cuz usually the big corporations, they just get funding from somebody, they start dumping millions into ads and they're in every Walmart or every whatever, you know, smoke shop. And then they just beat out the little guy with the good intentions a lot of times. So what you're saying is you can't really run ads and shit. So now it's like, who's got the better information? Who's yep. got the the coolest looking bottle? Like your guys' product's slick. It works. It's sexy. Like You guys really put some thought into it. I could tell.
1: Thank you, man. Yeah. So, you know, um, it's kind of funny because it's like you said, it levels the playing field. So we came into this with our life savings. We didn't go raise capital. We don't have investors. We united and said, we feel we want to do this. You guys, are you guys ready to take a chance together? Let's do this. So we did that, which is funny because when you start a business and you don't have funding and the capital is yours, you can't just go hire right? Where most of these companies, if they need marketing, they go hire a marketing director. They pay that person a very handsome salary and now it's hands off. That person is accountable for their role. We can't do that. We didn't have that kind of money. So we had to teach ourselves. So like the packaging, I had to literally go download Adobe, learn Photoshop, learn Illustrator, learn Premiere Pro. You know, Brandon did the same thing with his video editing. It's like, it's just cool because when you come from a place of zero and you come from like a humble non-funded private small family business, you either have to learn these things yourself or you just get beat out. Um so we've become very versatile in a very short amount of time. And again, back to the challenge, it's been a fucking blast, man. Um and, and it's cool. I'll give you an example. <laughs> so Um, we got to the point where where, we're profitable now as of January. So two years, thank God, hallelujah. I was almost sleeping on the street. (laughs) Um, So we're like, okay, we have a little bit, not a lot, but a little bit of money. Um, Do we want to hire someone to help us with marketing? I took, it was nearly 60 meetings with marketers and they were all just blanket bullshit. It's like, give us $10,000 a month and we will we promise we'll make your company better. None of them could prove what they were doing um, and like what would be the ROI. It was just horrible. So um, we decided that's when I actually came across and said, you know, that's when I, I found I'd already known Brandon, but that's when I said I would much rather invest in, into unique um, talent like Brandon than just pay some shit company to kind of lie to me. So, Um, we're going to keep going with this model of find the dopest person in a category, bring them into the family. And now the family's bigger. And we just want to keep going with that model until we've built something that's, it can't, no matter how much, how many billions of dollars our competitor might have, you can't beat something that is a genuine brand that has a community. And that's what we're building here is, is a true valuable community of people that actually care rather than just marketing dollars and ad spend. Like it's uh yeah. I don't even want to compete with those people. Yeah,
0: and I think I think it just resonates with people better in anyways, you know, as we've been kind of been talking this whole time, you're kind of got you're building the story, right? And then you, you're well-spoken well-researched. Like you just keep jumping on these podcasts and stuff. That'll build a little bit more of a a spread or a community that you you know you didn't already have. And you know if you're now you're profitable, so it's a ooh, little stress off your back. You can you can yeah. be like at least it's making money now, and then we'll figure out how to grow it. Right? The first problem is how to make your money back usually. So yeah. at least you're there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it, it, it's actually it was really exciting um you know i learned so much about myself so did my team we learned so much about ourselves going through man probably 50 times where you're driving into the lab saying i don't know if we're gonna make it today i don't know if today is the last day that we keep the doors open and then we look at the reviews on trust pilot where someone's saying this is changing their life And it's like, shit, this can't be the last day. It can't be because these people need this. I need this. Um, So, yeah, man, it's like, but that's the kind of, those are the situations that build such strength and fortitude that if you build community based on that, dude, there's no way that it loses. Like, as long as you build like that for eternity, it's like, man, even if you lose, you still learn. Like, there's just constant progress. So, yeah. that's the team that we're just going to con- continue to build. So I agree, man. It's just, it's just go as is and uh, <laughs> exciting to see where it'll go.
0: Yeah. Plus I feel like that team that you're going to build over there or I've already built or continue to build, they're just way more invested, right? Like you just pay someone 10 grand a month. They're, they don't really care. They're getting another 10 grand from some other company and they're just like, you know, r- r- wash, rinse, repeat kind of thing. You know, like that's just like, you know what they do. But when you have this like community who's all invested, you know, economically, financially, they've spent their time there. That's going to pay off in the long run. And then you guys also have a good product. So that helps.
1: Yeah. I mean, at this point, every member in the business holds equity, period. Mm-hmm. We don't have a single employee. Um, I actually don't even like that term. I, I <clears throat> So little background of my THC space. So we I was doing high-level consulting for, you know, started out at mom and pop, ended up getting into like really high corporate THC businesses. I won't name them, but we're talking in the top three of cannabis MSOs in the world, um, doing their product development, their employee training, writing standard operating procedures, building labs for them uh, to quickly realize that's not the environment that I thrive in. So left that area ended up getting a consult for the state. I won't put the state out there, but it was a $200 million uh, acquisition that the state repossessed. Um, Then they hire and call in consultants like myself to come rebuild that that space to make it valuable to go to auction. So I'm sitting here thinking, I'm like, cool, I'm playing with the big dogs. I'm going to get big money and Hey, when it's like, it doesn't happen. When does a consultant in cannabis get to work for the state? it was really a cool idea. So we get in there and we start building the lab. It's beautiful. And then start to realize it's just as crooked as everything else. Everyone was lawyered up, just kind of taking money from each other. Um, And that was really the straw that broke the camel's back. And we just all looked at each other and said, we are so high up as consultants at this point. If we wanna stay in this space, We either have to make products that are shitty and just from a dollar perspective, or we have to stay at high level corporate consultations that we don't care, that the people that we work with don't care about the end consumer. So again, going through that journey as well, it's like we had no option. We had to go make something ourselves so we could stick to our morals. So again, back to lining the story, it's like there's just so much to stick to and hold on to when something is built like that, man. And it's like, that's our whole team. Our whole team thinks like that. When you're privately owned, you can set, not like guidelines, but just like semi-bylaws. It's like, dude, if you don't operate in a certain moral code, you're just not for this family. And that's fine. I mean, respect your work ethic, but again, we're here to do good, not just be rich and buy Ferraris or stupid shit like that. So, um, you know, I'm really excited to get much more profitable because i want to give to charities i want to do like like programs at high schools there's just so much that i want to do as well as my team all feels the same so um really cool thought to think of in a lifetime to build a product that helps people they now feel better in life to be able to make money to give back to a community of people help children And then sit at the end of the day and say, I feel okay with the decisions that I've made and I have efficacy and my integrity. It's like, it has become such a blessing that I'll never stop, man. Never.
0: That's beautiful. And I actually think um, we're in this like wave of consciousness that's shifting, like where... So many people in like, you know, spiritual communities and stuff, they try to blame capitalism, but I think the next wave is actually conscious capitalism, where we actually are like intent about what we're doing, but we're still trying to make money and live a stress-free life and bring in profits. And that's really the goal. Like capitalism is what, you know, America's founded on. It's beautiful, but it's just been done in a very greedy manner for a really long time. And we'll probably never weed all of that out, But I think people are starting to shift. You can see it just like with consumerism. You know like you know, Dustin's into regenerative meat probably has no problem selling that meat. People, I I buy from White Oak Pastures, like people are no no problem. White Oak Pastures is doing like 30 million a year in sales. So you can't tell me that there's not a shift in some form of consciousness when it comes to consumerism. And it's the same to be said in supplement companies. A lot of people are waking up to like, why would I buy this cheap magnesium on Amazon and it doesn't even work, I'll just spend more money a, a better company like a optimizers or someone else that's like got good consciousness behind them, good work ethic and values, and they actually the product actually works. So I think you guys are just like in the beginning of like this shift where where in our lifetime we're gonna see a lot more money going to like grassroots businesses than we've ever seen before because people just used to blind, just blindly I'd just go to Target. There wasn't as many options either. Now we just click of a button, I'll have your tincture at my house. So it's so much easier now too. And so it's like, as as it becomes easier, it's more common, people get more options. We're, th- these type of companies are going to shift the greedy corporations because they're going to have, they're going to want to still make money. So it's like, you're going to have to, you got to spend your dollar with the right communities and the right corporations. And you see the dollar shift. And uh, one thing it's like, I don't care what you think about like, transgender type of like the whole vibe i don't care if people are transgender or what your thoughts are on it but the whole bud light thing i yeah. think is a eye-opening like uh move for america and it does and you know i don't care about the actually why they boycotted bud light and the transgender whatever you want to drink bud light or not do your thing but yeah. what i think it showed people is that you can shift a corporation you can Boycott these big companies if you want, spend your dollars somewhere else. We're talking about beer here, so it's like kind of not in line with what we're talking about with health and everything. But I think what it is going to show people like, oh, we can shift where where these corporations go if we just give our dollars to somewhere else. Because the thing is, the corporations want the money at the end of the day. Do right. they really care about transgender people? Probably not. I don't think Bud Light gives a fuck. I think really they were just – they thought it was going to be a good move for them that they were going to get more sales. And what happened is the, the sales plummeted because people boycotted it because it's an all-American beer and whatever the conservatives hated that it was on there, whatever your thoughts are on that that's neither here nor there. I don't talk politics on here. It was just an example of how we shift with our dollar. And I always tell people like, you want to change America or capitalism, you quit spending your money with the bullshit companies. Quit going to Walmart and giving them every dollar if you don't want greedy corporations. They don't pay their employees shit. They like to do a lot of part-time work so that none of their employees have benefits and 401k. Like They do a lot of shady stuff so that they can keep the prices really low, which maybe if that's all you can afford, that's one thing. But a lot of people, they can afford other products they just choose not to or they don't do the research and I like to spend my money with all companies kind of someone like you guys or you know like I said White Oak Pastures or you know I spend a lot of my money at the farm that delivers to my house the raw milk and the eggs and you know I like to keep my dollars inside of people's hands who I think are making a better impact in the world I always say that my um me giving money to the farmers is my monthly charity right you know I pay extra for all those products they're you know double the price sometimes. I could go to Walmart and get grass fed beef for five six bucks a pound. I pay nine bucks a pound through white at White Oak Pastures. But you know what? I trust my money with with White Oak Pastures or the farmer down the street or a company like yours more than I just trust the CBD at the gas station or to be in back into Walmart's pocket. And I think that's how we make shifts.
1: Yep. Uh, that's you know I actually haven't thought of it in that sense. Whether you agree or disagree with what Bud Light did. That is still a very valid point, is that societal changes can shift how a corporate entity chooses to, let's say, transition, right? No pun intended. Um, (laughs) um, um, That's actually a really interesting concept. And I agree, man. Like, let's be real. We all need money. And that's the truth. If you don't have money, you know that that's a true statement because you're fucking stressed. Life is hard. It is scary. We've all been there. And if you haven't been there, you're blessed. You should be absolutely grateful that you haven't had to worry. Am I going to eat tomorrow? You know, is my family member going to make it? It didn't really hit me until I had children. Once I had children, I realized I can't fail. It's not like, if you don't have if you don't have children, sky's the limit. Go for everything. Try anything you can possibly do cuz you could fail flat on your face, be absolutely at zero, and as long as you can wake up and think the next day, you're going to be okay. You can fall from zero and pick back up. With kids, that's a much scarier thing. When that like really finally clicked in my brain, it was like, "Oh shit. Okay, I can take risks, but I have to be extremely calculated, and money is absolutely important. If I fail to make an income, my children don't get schooling. My son, my youngest son, I don't talk about this much, my youngest son has a major heart condition. He has a bicuspid valve. Eventually, he'll need a major heart surgery. Okay, so I need to prepare myself for that. How am I going to do that? Financially. I need to be able to financially afford a several hundred thousand dollar procedure, or at least have enough money to be paying for that insurance policy, right? That's an expensive insurance policy, okay? Um, He's also on the spectrum, he's autistic. So my son needs, he's nonverbal. I need to pay for speech therapies. There's so many things in life that doesn't have to be a greed-based decision to need money. We all need money to survive, that's the point. Where I am extremely disgusted in business is the greed behind it, right? Um, where it's like you're saying, I if I don't have the money, then yeah, I'm going to go for the cheapest thing because I just truly, that's all I can afford. And I understand that. But when I have money and I can share, absolutely, I'm going to purchase from someone that I believe in the ethics of what they're going to do. Um, and again, going back to the capitalism side, I don't, I won't go on as a run on we all need money. That's the truth. Um, Anyone who doesn't say that they're kind of just not living in what I would call like the real world where we actually all need money to survive. And it's about who can do it ethically. And do you trust the person that you're working with to ethically share that? It's like, that's where I think the real like beauty and teamwork uh, really comes in. So, you know, for example, I operate on what's called servant leadership. So, um, Say you're on my team and um, you're, let's say you're doing, your director of fulfillment. My job is to support you no matter what. I'm a servant leader to you. If you need something, you come to me and I'll always do my best to provide that and provide support or advise you in any way I can. Um, I believe that's a way to operate a team. I have watched so many businesses fail due to just ego, greed dollar amount everyone's killing each other to try and make the most amount of money but if you go back to the concept of money is a byproduct of doing something good well then you start to build teams of people that trust you and care about you and they don't want to stab you in the back and if you're introspective enough to see someone that might stab you in the back well then you sit down with that person you let them go right again wrap it back to capitalism is we do need money And you can make it ethically. I want to lay on my deathbed and know I did everything I possibly could. I made a good life for my children, and I stayed within my moral bounds. That also takes money to do that.
0: No, it's one hundred percent. I've talked about it before because I'm big in you know I'm a combo practitioner, and my wife's a yoga instructor, and I try to have like. It's hard because I love love the spiritual community, but a lot of them have trouble like building things or going for things. They kind of get too much in hippie land. And I try to have like one foot in each realm, you know, like I'm like, you kind of do want to like being a hippie is cool. I love the vibes, you know, I love doing yoga and meditation and throwing our retreats. But we also, my wife and I were building something, you know what I mean? Like as far as our coaching and the podcast and the retreats, it's like, Money is also very important, and you—if you keep growing enough and add value to somebody else's life—they'll pay you for that, and you can do that and feel good about that. At the end of the day, you don't have—you're not out here robbing and stealing. You're just providing value for somebody. You're their coach, or their health coach, or whatever you are. And at the end of the day, like you do want to get paid for your services. I don't just sit around and do uh, health research all day for just to, for free. You know it's I did it a lot for me. I did That's kind of how I got like engulfed in the whole thing because I got so sick. so I just spent years and years just podcast after podcast and reading different research and articles and you know just doing whatever I could to try to figure out what was wrong with me. But now I'm like, well, what a blessing. Now I need to share all of this and everything that I've learned and then try to promote ethical companies like yourself, and then hopefully that'll turn around in my favor one day, and I, I believe it will.
1: Yeah, and it's like, you know, it's it's an interesting concept because man, it's so meditation, right? Extremely useful. I meditate every evening and I meditate every morning, right? I do my like my own personal affirmations, um, you know, and then like on like a hippies, on like some hippie stuff. I take mushrooms every weekend or whenever I'm feeling really stressed on microdose, um, and it's like that doesn't mean you can live on both sides of the world, right? But I think one side all the way is bad either way, full capitalist, full hippie, whatever you want to do. It's like, none of that is healthy. It's all about homeostasis. You have to have a balance. It's like, if you want to be, okay, let's say if that side of the world is about health, well, like you said, you it costs more money to buy healthy foods or to cook those healthy foods, or you have to have a place to cook those healthy foods. It's like, it's just all about, it, it's, I think things are, it's so, it's so black and white because there is so much greed at the top. The money always just funnels to the top. But like you said, I think it's a valid point to say that it's up to people like you and I and other groups that are in the middle to say, yeah, we want to succeed and we want to make something successful, but here's our moral code. This is what we're sticking to and we like to move with integrity. And I'm like, honestly, I'm on a selfish mission to prove to myself that I can be at the end of my road, at the end of my life and say I was successful and I also followed a moral code. And and like, that's a hard, it's extremely hard, extremely hard to get to a level of success and say, I stayed within a moral code. And it's like, that's my selfish mission. And also what I want to do to show my children that it's possible as well.
0: Yeah, it's beautiful. and that's the thing. Then your children are gonna see, okay, how do I create something that's ethical? Or even if they don't want to build a business, if they could just, you know, pick a more ethical job or something that they like to do, or it could be anything, but you gotta open their eyes to like there's there's better ways of like living out here than just going to be a lawyer or working for Wall Street 120 hours a week. Like that that shit's stressful and No one's really happy in most of those jobs anyway. So show them that they can create a life of, you know, a little bit of freedom, a little bit of play, having fun and then still making some money is like really the ultimate goal.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, you know, this job, you know, this business, I'm making less money now than I've ever made in my life. But I feel more whole than (laughs) I've ever felt in my life because I know on my way to the office, I'm like, dude, I'm fucking doing something cool. Like we're helping people here um and i know there's growth for it too it's like it's just such a beautiful engaging like feeling that it's like again back to the money is just a byproduct of doing something good and it's like it's almost proof that you're doing something good if people are willing to pay you for it you truly do have value you truly do have something good now if you have to scam people out of their money okay you're just an asshole and you don't deserve money but it's like <laughs> if you have gone out and you have taken excess years of your time to understand health and wellness, and also battled a disease and got through that and now feel that it's fair to get compensated for you to help someone else through that? Absolutely so, right? That's, I wouldn't call that greed. I would just call that fair value for what you've built, right? And it's the same concept. Anyone that would disagree with that, if they were in a similar position, I would pray that they would ask me for money if they had something to offer me, because I would gladly pay that person to teach me something of value that I need to know.
0: 100%. Absolutely. My wife and I are big on like coaches, mentors, all the things and I feel like they deserve their money and they charge what they're worth and sometimes your coach is 10 grand if that's where if he's in the position that you want to be in, you can turn decades into days sometimes and you know, whatever my wife's put uh coaches on credit cards and paid them off before like it's just like she's trying to get to the next level. She's like, oh, well, how do I get this eight grand? Uh, yeah, I got a credit card with 15 grand open. So yeah, she's gonna pay some interest over time, but ever, but like she wouldn't have got it any other way. So you take the credit from the bank and you just run with it. And then that's how she started her business so far. And now she just did another coaching program that she didn't have the money for. You know, it's just funny. Like you have to keep just trying to level up and sometimes you don't always have the money. You take out a loan. Yep. Or you do whatever you need to do, but to try to build within this space of being super conscious and giving back and adding value to people's life is is definitely a harder route than just i I could have been made a bunch of money like I've right. made money and lost money all through you know with the cannabis space the ups and yep. downs, and that anyways like i I've had money and lost money a million times, like I'm really not scared of of like going the ups and downs and right. of of uh, life with the money flow is pretty funny. I know one day it'll pay off with all the things that I try and and do. But uh, I want to get back into some CBD questions. Yeah. I love that we I love that we got derailed there cuz I was like that was actually awesome. But um I heard you talk about in another podcast that you potentially could fail a drug test from CBN. Did you find that to be true? I know you were you were like in the middle of doing another research around it. What's your yeah. what's your uh, thoughts there?
1: So there's there's a, a research paper out there that states that since THC um, sorry, since CBN is a degradate of THC, that if you consume a good amount of it, it can metabolize into a false positive on a test result. So, you know, I'm like, shit, that's, that's pretty important to know, right? It's extremely important to know. Um, so I ran a test on myself for, gosh, it was about six months on and off. Um, and then, you know, was going to take it extremely seriously but i was taking really high doses of our 3 comp formula um i personally didn't fail um then i don't consume thc so i'm like okay now but then again we're we're talking about metabolization so it's like gosh like everyone's so different there how much are you consuming what's your body fat percentage like how much things are being stored are you going to the gym and hitting the sauna are you doing you know a tox cleanse like in your body like it's, there's just so much to that but yes there is research that does state that it's possible i don't i gotta pull up that paper and find out if it was like a finite research where the person actually failed or if it was just showing the chemical structure that could be right um so long story short it is a possibility if as long as there's ever any efficacious research i'll take it as valid until proven not right so um, if someone says, Hey, I have, you know, I work for the state or, you know, I'm in the union or I, you know, I, I possibly get randomized drug tests or I'm on probation or anything like that. I'll say, Hey, steer clear of everything and take only CBD because that's the safest thing you can do. So, um, long story short, is it a yes or a no? I- I'm not a hundred percent sure. I think it needs more research. I'm talking with Texas A&M and seeing if that's something they want to do. There's not much monetary gain there for them. So it might be hard to get that that result through. Um, But long story short, could you possibly fail a drug test for THC by taking CBN? One research paper says yes. So take that with a grain of salt. Also, I would say that if that's the case, don't risk it at all and just take only CBD. And only CBD isolate products, no full spectrum, no broad spectrum. And only from a trusted source, someone that you know tests their batches, stuff like that.
0: Yeah, that makes total sense. I heard you bring that up in a separate podcast. I was like, let's touch on that before uh, somebody loses their job over starting to take high dose CBN, and that would be terrible. You know, a teacher or something, anything like that, you know. So that's very important. So, why don't you guys actually have a full spectrum? What's your thoughts around that? Do you plan on having a product like that, or you just want to steer clear of the THC part in general?
1: We, we like, you know, how we we talked about doing the ultra refine, um, doing, we know that full spectrum is beneficial. No question. Having THC, a couple percent of THC and all the terpenes and all the other small cannabinoids, like, you know, CBC, CBDV, all of those compounds are absolutely valuable. No question there. Um, but we want to stay more towards a research style, like Medicinal style product, and we know that with isolate, every single batch, every single product, the dose is going to be the same. Nothing's going to vary. For example, if I were to make a full spectrum product, every time I extract a natural plant, it's going to have a different percentage of THC, CBD, CBG, even if I extract the top of the plant to the bottom of the plant. There's a variance there, right? So Just those variations alone were enough for us to say, hey, we have a decision to make. Do we want to make more of a rounded, holistic type product? Or do we want to make a more targeted, more kind of guaranteed formulation? And that's what we went with. So will we do a a full spectrum? Probably not. um, Unless we partner with like a THC facility that we could grow a specific genetic that was relatively consistent and what we wanted it to be, right? Um, but that's where we make the formulations like the 50-50, which is CBD and CBG. That's where we also make the three comp, CBD, CBG, and CBN at a seven to one ratio, which is very similar to like what a broad spectrum ratio looks like, minus some CBC, CBDV, other minor cannabinoids, but it's still, relatively close to a broad spectrum. So um, what we'll probably do is just go deeper into other compounds like adaptogens or other things like that, that might give a more holistic approach, uh, more of a well-rounded approach, but also be able to be still extremely precise on dosing and batch testing, things like that.
0: Yeah, that makes total sense. And I, honestly, I, I've been a full spectrum guy for quite a few years with the terpenes in there and everything, which I really enjoy. So I didn't know how I would like your product, but I, I quit taking that and was just taking your tincture because we were I wanted to do some kind of research on it for the podcast. And I thought it was great and it's easy to get some high doses in there for a great price. So if you want to take those high doses of, of full spectrum, I haven't found anything that w- it's going to be way more expensive to, to get up to... two. 200 300 milligrams a night of a full spectrum you're going to be coming out of pocket
1: and what's crazy is full spectrum should be cheaper than isolated compounds if you look at the extraction process yes there's a small percentage of thc but all hemp plants literally all hemp plants mature with a couple percent of thc we every single person that makes cbd isolate has to do thc remediation throughout their process so if you look at full spectrum, let's look at the levels of processing. You take the plant and you extract it. Now you have crude oil. That's not, that's like kind of like if you were talking about technically, that's where full spectrum should be. But crude oil, it's not really refined. There's a lot of impurities. You have the risk of your leads, your cadmiums. It's, it's all of that. So it's like, do you want to take that risk to claim full spectrum? We didn't. Okay, so now you have crude oil. Let's deem that not necessarily safe. All right, so we take crude oil. The next step is distillation. So now you're creating a distillate. That's the same product that you see in a vape pen. That's what you smoke in a vape pen is distillate. So now it's like it's kind of full spectrum because it has THC in it. It's got some terpenes, but it's not the entire profile of the original plant because during distillation you're heating something that's evaporating compounds. They're literally in a gas state, and now they're being condensed from cold into a solid again so during that process you're losing things so part of that original profile which is what would classify as full spectrum is kind of being lost and leaving out the vacuum side of the uh, distillation process so as well as those terpenes those really low boiling point terpenes those are now being destroyed and degraded and that's what's called the tail fraction of your distillation and your head's fraction of your distillation so so i kind of got off off course here so (laughs) what i was trying to state is that extraction so biomass extraction crude oil distillate that's where your full spectrum is your crude oil and your distillate so your closest process is to a usable product then after that you go to isolation so you have isolation filtration isolation chromatography So isolate is more expensive than full spectrum. I can get full spectrum distillate and crude oil for much cheaper than I can get isolate. So for companies to be offering a full spectrum product and still not giving high doses, it's just screwed up. Like they should be able to give people higher doses at full spectrum because it's earlier in the process, hence cheaper, less labor, stuff like that.
0: Wow. That makes total sense. But it does seem like you have the ability with the isolates to provide something that you can be 100% sure and say there's no heavy metals in here in comparison to the full spectrum.
1: And what if we just partnered with some THC licenses and then just decided to add 2% Delta 9 THC into all three of our formulations or just our three comp formulation. Now that is almost identical to a full spectrum minus Mm some, okay, now take it a step further, partner with like abstracts terpenes, get some natural plant derived terpenes, add that into the formula. Well, now we have essentially what a full spectrum distillate is. Because remember we talked about the low boiling point terpenes being evaporated and lost. We talked about the fats and lipids that are in a plant. Those do not travel over into the distillate some, but very little you do winterization during distillation. So you pull the fats and lipids from the crude oil before you go to distillation. So the product, that the formulation that I just discussed with you about kind of manufacturing, all the isolates, adding in natural terpenes, adding in a small percentage of Delta-9, that is almost identical to what a full spectrum distillate would be, and now it's precise. Every batch is the same, and I can do each of these ingredients from a trusted source. I would prefer that myself.
0: Wow. Have you tried doing it like that? Or that's just like a thought experiment.
1: It's like probably our next phase of, of the brand, right. Is partner with, with THC licenses nationwide. It's just, that's a big move. That's a lot of logistics in the sense of, you know, if, if you've ever worked in the licensed THC market, oh, you, you had, you said you had a d- dispensary. So, mm-hmm. uh, Yeah, there's just a lot of like, there's just a lot that goes into getting a product launched in the THC market. And then we have to do that for each state. Um, So it sucks because, let's see, who could do that? Well, all of the MSOs, the multi-state operators, which we don't necessarily agree with how they operate. So um, (laughs) I would say it's a play that we will eventually do when we have so much brand equity that we actually could sit down at a table with someone like an MSO and say, this is how we want it done so that it maintains integrity as a product. And if they aren't willing to do that, then we can go smaller mom and pop, contact all the small mom and pops in every state and say, yo, we have a cool product. We want to partner with you guys. We have good brand equity with people and let's try this. So it's just a big It would be a big thing to do, but absolutely, we kept the company as future compounds with an S, not future CBD. We called it future compounds because we want to get into everything, adaptogens, uh, so many things uh, down the road. So it's going to get pretty, pretty exciting. I'd say year five into year 10. So right now we're just entering into year three of our business. So um, year five to year 10 is where... It gets really fun for us. I'm excited.
0: Yeah, dude, that sounds the the Delta Nine in there with the terpenes infused on top of the three comp sounds like that would be actually probably be as dope as a full spectrum. I, I would I would like to put a couple bucks on that. I would probably like that just as much as a full spectrum, and I could know potency and you know uh, also the you know not having the metal exposure and the contaminants. That would be actually amazing.
1: And then think about that being sold to you at an affordable price rather Mm -hmm. than getting like market raped from like a shitty marketing company that just says, Oh, it's full spectrum. So we're charging you 10 X what future compounds is. It's like, it's just ridiculous, man. Yeah. So we, we want to go about it that way. Um, And our, it, it is, it's our goal to, work with adaptogens, work with other compounds and do it with integrity just as, as we progress. And it's going to get dope, man. Like, so our absolute goal is to make very ailment specific products, but do so in such a clean manner that it can actually go get like, you know, a a double blind study done at like a a university or, or something like that. So, um, yeah, man. So, you never, so when you're
0: talking adaptogens, are you trying to play around? Like I know Dustin will be extracting lion's mane on Instagram and stuff. Are you guys trying to get more into the mycology stuff?
1: Yeah, absolutely, man. I, I, I love mushrooms. I think they're a beautiful, beautiful uh, fungus. I uh, will absolutely give um, psilocybin the credit for the majority of me being able to think outside the box uh, from when I was much younger. That was the Me first too. Yeah. It was, it was one of the first compounds that I really enjoyed taking and took for probably a couple years, not every day, but uh, that was my uh, compound of choice for several years. And um, it really allowed me to think outside the general box and the nine to five and the, you know, this is how the world works kind of thing. So um, I would love to embrace that into products um, in the future.
0: Yeah. But even if you, if the psilocybin could be tricky, but you could definitely still play around with like the lion's mane, the cordyceps and things. Actually, that, um, the, um, Newtopia brand I was telling you about, they make this stuff called Collagenius, And it's, Ooh, uh, yeah. it's mar- marine collagen and bovine collagen, but it has, um, all the different like uh, lions' mane and different things in there. So apparently, like they're so crazy with extractions over there. You guys would geek out together if I ever connected you guys. Yeah. Um, the apparently taking a dose of that collagenius is like consuming a pound and a half of mushrooms because they've dialed in the extraction process of the oh. mushrooms so well. And obviously, like I said, they have millions of dollars behind their company and they have a lot of PhDs and scientists who are working around the clock on these extractions. They're big into extractions. Like they think the extraction process of, you know, that's why their nootropics work so well. It's more so the extraction process process and then how they stack compounds to potentiate one another as well. Like what, what, what will potentiate the other one? Kind of like you're doing with the um, three comp like, well, okay, CBD yeah. is good. Now this potentiates the CBE that you had the CBG, the CBN kind of the same thought process, but I don't know what exactly they're doing to extract the mushrooms, but they've landed on like where literally one dose is like eating a pound and a half of like lion's mane, cordyceps. And I think there's one reishi in there as well.
1: Yeah, it it gets really interesting when you start, same concept, you nailed it, same concept. Dial in the extraction process so that way you have a very refined, clean product as an input ingredient. Exactly what we did. Then start to craft what ailment you want to target, and now put those formulations together and then have a very targeted, clean product. It's very, very similar to what we did, and as you can tell, like that company, it's doing really well, yeah?
0: Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're balling.
1: (laughs) I mean, it's like, and that's cool. And I guarantee that if you look at their products, if you did like a double blind side to side with their product or like a Walmart, you know, a Walmart adaptogen product, you're going to have higher results on that company. Right. So um, yeah, man, it's, it's going to get, I'm, I'm super, super excited. I agree with you. Psychedelics. And when you go into like psilocybin, it's going to be very interesting to see how that market turns out. It's going to be, it's kind of crazy. It's going to be really interesting, man. What, uh, what's your take on, on, uh, on psilocybin being legalized? How do you think that's going to pan
0: out? It's interesting. You know, I'm, I've, I kind of have some connects and stuff within the psychedelic realm and that's, I talk about psychedelics quite a bit on here and they've changed my life from psychedelic ceremonies to microdosing. They helped me, you know, give up alcohol and drugs and I was doing street, you know, when I was growing cannabis, I just had so much freedom. I was just party all the fucking time. I was Adderall (laughs) and Vicodin and drinking whenever I was like, I didn't have no one to answer to. So I didn't really give a fuck. And I was in my twenties. I didn't have any kids. So You know, I got had a lot of addictive. You know, it helped me work through a lot of trauma and kind of reframe like how I was living my life, and it it literally changed my life. Like I always say, like there's like the version of me before taking five grams of mushrooms and the version afterwards, and and they're two totally different people. And it didn't change overnight, but it changed my entire thought process and how I just view the world and how I, I look at things. And I, I'm like you. I think it's how I stay really fluid. Like I have a, you know, a lot of people on the show with difference of opinions or difference of, not even with each other, with even myself. I don't agree with everything every person says, but I'm able to stay real calm and fluid. And I think that's a lot to do with like microdosing and the ceremonies I've done. Like, you know, we're all here just trying to educate and people are just, you know, giving their best information from where they're at and their moment. And I don't know, I'm very fluid with people and I don't really try to like, argue or battle a lot of things, you know, I'll, I'll challenge certain people, but not really in like a, you know, a real harsh way, you know, like I just, you know, I ask people, you know, questions that I think may be challenging every once in a while, but you know, in a nice way and a fluent way, I feel like, and I really enjoy that, but I don't know. It's weird. Cause I think the, the, um, the cor- corporations are going to come in and it's going to be kind of weird, like the cannabis space. And, um, I have a really big, uh, buddy Todd. and He's trying to go to more of these like big conferences and right. he speaks at like a lot of like paleo conferences and psychedelic conferences. And he's been, he's been deep in the psychedelic game for years and years and he's great. And, he's trying to like educate the business people about I, you know, from what I gathered from him, like that, this isn't just another thing to legalize. This is actually like a literal con. This is like even different than weed people can have spiritual kind of ex- experiences on cannabis, no doubt about it. You can not, have some revelations, not. you can get deep within your body, maybe, maybe rethink, but A lot of times, you know, people just use cannabis to kind of be more numb and kind of numb out on things instead of thinking. But psilocybin is just so different. Like it it really reacts within your consciousness and the way you view things and view your relationships and your patterns that it's just a different medicine. It's almost like I wish it would just stay underground and then everyone would just use it that way. But it's just not going to go that way. And so it'll be interesting to see. Like, I definitely want it more available, especially people like veterans and, you know, first responders, like people with like trauma that they they did sign up for it, but like also we should take into consideration that they were trying to save, you know, either whether, whether you believe in war or not, the the Patriots and the people who went to war, they were just trying to defend the country, make a living. Like, you know, you don't have to agree with why we're at war. You can still have, uh, you know, be sympathetic towards the veterans. And I think it'd be amazing for them. And I know there's people that are already taking groups of veterans down to do Ibogaine and ayahuasca and trying to get them to work through all their traumas. So there, there, it needs to be commercialized, but how it'll be spun is tricky and it's yep. going to be muddy. I don't think it's going to go the way that a lot of us who take mushrooms want it to go.
1: I, I totally agree with you. Um And I agree. It sucks because that's where it's like, damn, it's such a beautiful compound. I agree. I've, I attribute, honestly, all my thoughts. Uh, to the fact that I've been able to see a different side of the world. Um, So, and to see that, you know, in a corporate capitalistic setting um, will be weird. Um, And I agree, it's going to be muddy. Um, I think they'll also be very interesting, almost like shamanistic type groups. Um, And that can be good, but that can also be bad, right? Again, we have to trust the ethics. It's like, you know, for example, you don't have to be religious, but you could say there are some church sectors that are there to do good for that group. And then there are others that are maybe just focused on making money or have personal uh, gain, you know, for that, that situation that they've set up. So, um, I think we'll see some of that as well. Um, but it's, I agree, it's going to get muddy and I would love to be able to eventually do something with it, but we're looking kind of far out before it's it's clear um but i agree i i will say that mushrooms has absolutely changed my life period this before before i even like got into like drinking or anything like that it was one of the first things that i really uh wanted to dive deeper i never did ayahuasca um i think i'd rather go for like a deep DMT breakthrough rather than like an 8 hour 10 hour ayahuasca. And it's just because I've already done, uh, I've done, you know, close to a a half ounce of mushrooms at once, Mm -hmm. um, which was like 15, 16 hours. Um, so I think ayahuasca would be relatively similar. I know it's different, but I think it'd be similar to that experience. Um, have you ever done like a full DMT breakthrough?
0: No, I, you know, a lot of, I, a lot of this stuff I, I got into and then I was, I had gotten so sick that I started to realize that, I would get breakthroughs in these ceremonies, and then I wouldn't be able, I would feel more depleted, you know. And I've had podcasts about how these compounds are great, but a lot of people come into it from like a nutritional or mineral deficient state or like have some form of, you know, even if they don't have Lyme disease, they're like autoimmune or this or that. And there is some research that shows that it could be good for autoimmunity. And that's probably most likely only if your if you're, um, autoimmune condition, I believe, is specifically just based from trauma, like sexual abuse, like working through some of that, I think definitely could help cure autoimmunity. But if you have like heavy metal toxicity or Lyme, you can actually feel more depleted and more depressed. Like not in the moment, in the moment, you're going to be like, fuck, I'm healed. Everything's great. I'm good. Then like the next day or two days later, you're going to be like, I'm even more, I feel even more tired than when I went in. So I think that you can deplete yourself if you don't go into it. So I took a break from those. I've only done like one mushroom ceremony in the past, maybe like year or year and a half. Like I took a break because I realized I needed to just figure out the Lyme disease situation. But now I, I do think I want to try out a, uh, I might go do like a two two day Ayahuasca thing this year. Cause I'm planning on having kids and um I think that might be good. Just one, one good ceremony. I don't need to go every two months or anything, but like one, like little two day weekend, uh, do some ayahuasca and really connect with, you know, how I want to move forward as a parent would probably be legit. But, you know, and I have a girl local that does the DMT, the Bufo, but, um, I haven't worked with her either because I've just been focusing on detoxing and doing everything, but I might even try that out this year too, because she's actually really close, so I can just go around the corner and, and do a ceremony with her. So she's supposed to be great. So but I've done some high dose mushrooms and I agree. I think that you do like you get take some um penis envies, you get around ten grams, you're 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 there. Oh I don't know right. what the ceremony is, but you're you're fucking there.
1: You're gone. Yeah. You're on a different <clears> world. It's <laughs> You have to, I feel like in life, like you have to experience, you have to experience to understand that you are not so simple as like, just like a body in a person, right? It's just not mm-hmm. that simple. There's so much more out there. Um, my philosophy at this point is I use mushrooms on microdose, not consistently. I use mushrooms on, micro, on microdosing when I'm like, say this week, it's been a really stressful week. Um, say my son has... You know, a cardiologist appointment, and I'm really stressed out. i really worked up about it, and I notice that maybe I'm being short-sighted with one of my teammates or something like that. Okay, so I'm gonna go home. I'm gonna take, you know, point two, point three, and relax for, and do that for a couple evenings to kind of just reset my thought process, just to just get myself out of that black and white pocket of it's so clear. It's not. I I know for a fact life isn't so clear. All right, get out of that, Kyle. So. Um, I use small amounts of, of mushrooms to pull me out of like funk um, and then, you know, multiple times a year, once or twice a year, try and get like a good trip in there, right? Get a good, mm-hmm. like, <clears throat> hey, remind yourself, it's not as you see it all the time uh, kind of thing. And, and that's worked really well for me. Um, and I like spacing it out like that. Like you said, instead of doing it every two months, doing it once a year or twice a year, it's like, You've had enough time to mature your thoughts over that period of time that when you do take that journey, you actually can ask yourself the right questions and hopefully find the right answer because you've taken the time to really think about it. So when you sit down and you go into that process, you're now actually there with a more defined intent rather than, hey, I just think I need something. I don't know exactly what, but I think I need something, right? So that's what I've been doing over the past, I'd say like two and a half years and uh, it's worked really well. Um, and then I use CBD on the daily. That's my, you know, instead of taking antidepressant or a anti-anxiety medication, I take my CBD. For pain, I take CBD and CBG. For sleep, I take the 3-Comp. Um, you know, for energy, I use my water and I hit the gym. Um, stress, like heavy stress that I can't get out of a funk, microdose on mushrooms, it's like then to keep myself on point throughout, you know, my life, it's a massive trip once or twice a year. And it's like, again, back to what we were, have been talking about this whole time, which is your life as an entirety of a health routine, right? Your stages of maturity and health, as well as your thinking, things like that. So that's where I think CBD and all these compounds can really fall into is what part of your journey do you need assistance with? If it's pain, inflammation, very simple. If it's sleep, very simple. If you have an immune disease or you're dealing with something severe like a cancer, well, then yeah, add it up, you know, take it on. So I think there's just so many different use cases. And it's going to be really interesting as we get to go into the research on these things.
0: Yeah, and I think you nailed it with the um <clears throat> you still do I think need a trip every once in a while even if it's once a year. It's like it's almost like you lose it, right? It's yeah. like you start getting back into your old patterns and then you do a trip dose and you go, "Oh, now I remember. Now I remember like what I was put here to do and yeah. you start to see like everyone all is one and you're a nicer person and you can connect with people more on like a spiritual level almost. It's it's very bizarre how it's almost like telepathic or it, it's weird the way it affects like how you just literally show up in the world and almost like how you can read people. And it's, it's, it's very strange. You get more connected into like gut feelings and emotions than when you're just like smoking weed and getting drunk. Like it's so different, like how it enhances almost like your ability to navigate situations. And like, I think it, it connects me more with like trusting my instincts and things like that. It's, it's very different, but you, if, if you just do the micro doses and not the macros, I think you can kind of lose a little bit of, um, of like, I don't know. It's It's hard to explain. Most people who go into, go into the big doses, they know it's kind of, we don't really have the English words to describe like <laughs> what the hell actually goes on in that especially the way I do it, it's very ceremonial. I got the eye mask on. I got the specific music. I'm just like literally going inside. Like, you know, a lot of people like to take them and go hiking, but it's like, you're still have a lot of external factors in the way. I like to do the eye mask on with the specific like uh, mushroom soundtrack so that like I'm going internal the whole time. So it's like me, my baggage my shit my relationships and then what what do i need to do to go forward and that's how i get breakthroughs but if i take the long periods off then i can kind of start slipping on some of that you get back into your old patterns and then you just need a little i think tim ferris is the one that calls it like a it's like a. it's like closing all the tabs on your computer i think is how he explained yeah, it. Like yeah. you got all these fucking tabs open every day all this shit's going on you're trying to run a business trying to make money and then he does that. And it's like a hard reset, you know, yeah, it's hard like reset. Fucking puts all of everything into files real nicely, you yeah. know, for your brain, your brain really is just a giant computer anyways.
1: It is. And we compartmentalize things, we forget things, you know, it's like, you forget, like, and, and I think that's like it, but it goes, it goes into a lot of that capitalist mindset, or that greed, or doing things out of a necessity for survival. It's like, I agree that I think we need to constantly be checking our ego to identify and realize that there are greater purposes. And I'm not talking about like, you know, to that major extent of like this, you know, long story short, I think we need to constantly be checking our ego so that we can stay on the ground floor um, and really do our best. So it's like, that's what I utilize it for. And that's why I also play CBD. Um, For example, like drinking, I absolutely don't like drinking anymore. I don't like the person I am when I'm drunk. Um, So I don't do that. I do appreciate the person I am when I'm taking CBD. I'm mellow. Like, dude, like my process is I'll go throughout my day. Doesn't matter how stressed it was or wasn't or whatever, right? If I'm fatigued, it doesn't matter. When I get home, I'll take some CBD, maybe a couple hundred milligrams. And guess what? That's a soft reset that allows me to now just kind of be mellow with my children. I can still play. I can still have fun. I can still be conscious and there, but I'm just more mellow. I didn't let any of the baggage from the day roll over into what my parenting is, which is there and supportive for my children. So it's like, that's just one use case that I use CBD for. Then sleep. Oh my gosh. I take the three comp before I go to sleep, a couple hundred milligrams. And then I get It says automatically uh, leaving session in 57 seconds. So you might have to use oh. that. Mm. Oh, wait. No, maybe it just, okay, never mind. Let's
0: say it's not showing on my side, so who knows?
1: Okay. Whatever. It's if you get kicked
0: out, we'll jump back in or something, who knows? Perfect.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I just, you know, again, it's like CBD is an increment of your entire routine, but there are still guidelines to do it right. And that's what we're trying to promote is that if you wanna just know about how to take CBD properly and what those doses are, here's a general guideline and here's the research to back it. And then here's a clean input ingredient for that approach. And that's it. Then go deeper into your health routine like you have, like Dustin, like Brandon, like we all have looking further into each of us as individuals. So that's where we wanna see CBD in the future. And start to you know build the brand around that as here's the baseline, here's the facts, and hey, you should add it with all of this. And then start to really kind of combine all this stuff.
0: Yeah, man. Beautifully said. I think that's a good way to end it as well anyways. So why don't you tell everybody where to find you guys on Instagram and um, like websites and things like that where they can purchase the products?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So um, you can buy directly from our website, which is futurecompounds.com. Um, we sell only CBD, CBG, and CBN. All three of those compounds are legal in all 50 states throughout the United States. Um, we can ship directly to your door. You don't have to be worried about it. Um, yep. So either straight from our website or Credit card, debit card, whatever you want. Um, we also have Google Pay, Apple Pay, it's just any any kind of way that you need to. Um, as well as you know, on all of our social media platforms, we're simply just at Future Compounds, and we do daily content. So educational contents are our like most important goal right now. So um, if you want to learn or don't know about this stuff, or do and want to learn even more, come to our social. So FutureCompounds.com for, for purchasing. And then, um, at future compounds for all our social media.
0: Dope, brother. Thank you so much for coming on and spreading knowledge. I'll link to all that stuff in the show notes as well. Make sure you uh, add any links when you give me your bio of anything that you want me to link to.
1: Absolutely, man. I I appreciate you having me on and, uh, we had a really good convo. I really like, um, really like your integrity. I'd like to, to keep, uh, keep in contact. So thank you.
0: Absolutely, brother. Thank you. Have a good day. You too, dude. If you enjoy this show, would you please take a second to subscribe, rate, and review it for me? Also, if you'd like to know more information about Combo, personalized one-on-one coaching with me, or for upcoming retreat information, which I host with my wife, please visit my website in the show notes or DM me on Instagram. My handle over there is at integrative Matt. Until next time, my friends.